You're listening to the Forever on the Fly podcast. What up, baby nerds? Welcome to episode number three of the Forever on the Fly podcast, your bi-weekly dose of aviation, inspiration, education, and entertainment. I'm your host, Diane, and this is my co-host, Jose. Mom, okay, run. <laughs> yes, run. <laughs> What's up? And we're here to get you guys... Hooked on Aviation. Um, Our next guest is a dedicated aviator, athlete, engineer, entrepreneur with an absolute heart of gold and passion for aviation and passion for spreading the love for aviation everywhere he goes. He's a competitive air racer and aerobatic artiste sponsored by Epic Fuels, Bose Aviation, Alpine Stars, and a whole list of others. The guy's killing it out there. It sounds like the Dos Equis, man. Right? Most interesting pilot in the world. And he is here to share his most memorable aerobatic performance. I'm really excited for this story, you guys. It's kind of insane. And the COVID-19 crisis, how it's affected the aerobatic community, what he's doing to do his part for the COVID-19 crisis, and how he's out there inspiring young Black Americans to get involved with aviation. Mad respect. Anthony Oshinuga. <laughs> Teach me how to accept failures and get back up. I'm Anthony Oshinuga, and I'm forever on the fly. All right, Anthony Oshinuga, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. This is amazing. I'm so excited to talk with you guys about aviation, all things aviation. Hell yeah. Well, your passion for it definitely shows through everything that you do. Thank you. We also have my co-host here, Jose. Hey, hey, Jose, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, living the dream in quarantine, baby. You know, yeah. stuck, in the, <laughs> stuck in these four corners all day. And then, you know, sometimes I go outside and play, jump in an airplane, go fly around. Ah, uh, dude, you know, I bet that's amazing, though. Yeah. yeah. Especially Absolutely. the kind of flying you do, brother. But I'm sure we'll get into that here soon. Awesome, but, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, homie. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Anthony and I met, uh, who was back in... Gosh, it must have been 2014. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been, it's, it was a long time. 2014, I was a flight instructor uh, flying out of Long Beach, California, and you were doing um, some flying down in French Valley in your pits. And we ran into each other at the FBO down there, and we were getting fuel. We got to talking, and yeah. we needed sure. to get a um, a promotion video to get sponsorships. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because I remember that day I was sitting in the FBO, just minding my own business. This helicopter kind of comes in because in French Valley, usually the helicopters don't really park right in front of the FBO kind of like that. So she comes in, she lands, parks, and I'm just kind of like, like, who, who's out there parking? Who did that, right? <laughs> who's, who's out here? And I see this girl come out with these shades. I'm like, Top Gun 2 in, re- in reality. It was so, it was amazing. So <laughs> she comes in, she has a student with her. So I'm like, dude, so she's an instructor. So not only she's just a, she's not a regular pilot. She's like a CFI. Like yeah. I'm going to train you how to survive. <laughs> and so when I saw her, I just introduced myself, say, Hey, my name's Anthony. This is Nat. We talked, you know, we talked it up a little bit and then off you went. And then, um, you know, I was working on, you know, I, I, I was working on competition air bags and whatnot. And uh, one of my goals is to get sponsored but I needed a fuel sponsor because I'm like, well, I'm flying all, I'm flying all the time and I'm, I'm burning, I'm literally burning holes in my pocket because of the gas cost of flying this airplane all day. So I said to myself, well, I need to put something together and pitch it to sponsors. So that's when I thought about D money. And I said, Hey D, can you, 
can you help me out with this? Can you, I need a helicopter pilot that's really skilled. And she came out and she killed it. She smashed it. So I think we did it in 30 minutes. It, that's how good she was. You know, that usually was that's pretty uh, legit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty good, man. I think the part you left off, Anthony, was, hey, don't park next to my airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't park next to my airplane. <laughs> don't blessed. blow it away. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, yeah that was actually a really that was one of the more challenging jobs that I had because at that point I had only been instructing for probably less than a year out of flight school we got some yeah. pretty cool footage that day it was awesome it was, it was epic yeah no uh, kudos to you like I said I mean that that's what etched your name in my mind I'm like I'm never gonna forget this woman ever again <laughs> she's my go-to person if I need somebody to do something with the helicopter yeah, yeah that's right cool. that was a super fun day. So, uh, yeah, speaking of which, you've had some epic accomplishments. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, including being sponsored by Epic Fuels. So mm-hmm. you got your goal, right? We Did you get mm-hmm. that from the promotion video that we made? Yeah. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so cool. That, that's such yeah, a that cool. is cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I called the marketing guy and I just pitched the marketing guy. I said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is how passionate I am. This is my goals. By the way, watch this video, um, and then I'll jump on a call for like 15 minutes, and it just worked out worked out perfectly. So you uh, primarily fly the pits, a pitch pits special. Yeah. So yeah, I own I own a couple of airplanes, but uh, for competition airbags, air racing, air shows, I use the pits S one, the pits special, um, primarily because it's so maneuverable. It's, it and also brings a little nostalgia to the crowds because usually. When you go to an air show, you see, you know, a mono wing airplane flying around doing its thing. But, you know, you don't you don't usually see, you know, a biplane airplane with two wings doing the same thing. It just it just I think it catches in my experience it, has ca- it, it catches the uh, attraction from the crowd. They're always, they're always paying attention, looking up, pointing that, you know, at the airplane as they're flying up in the air. And it's a beautiful aircraft. I, mean, I love the paint job that you guys have on it, too. Yeah, red, oh, sexy red. red. Mm, sexy red. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> really pretty uh so one of the coolest things i think i've seen you do in the recent years is when you flew under a jumping monster jam truck that was like such a crazy stunt can you tell us a little bit about about that what were some challenges that you had uh doing that stunt and were you nervous about that at all um well i was i was definitely scared when i got the phone call so it happened like this you know somebody i got a call from a real area code number picked up and said hey are you anthony oshinuga yes uh, yes i am i am anthony oshinuga well we're looking for somebody we're, we're trying to jump a monster jam truck over someone as they fly i hung up the phone because i thought <laughs> that it was a joke i'm like this you what come on man they called me back and he said he said please don't hang up this is monster jam um we got your information from um several air show outfits um in, in the area and everybody keeps pointing at you to saying that this guy can do the job so then I said, okay, well, I, then I sent him to my um, agent. So my agent, I guess, was doing his thing for two weeks, and he finally came back to me and said, hey, it's 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 happening, and it's real. I'm like, okay. So then he explained to me the details, what needed to happen. I still wasn't convinced that this was still safe. So um got a hold of one of my good friends, um, Shifty. He's, he's an air, air race boss out of Reno. Um, and so he could be kind of my safety guy and stunt coordinator when I was doing this thing. And, um, I just kind of put him through the ringer. I, I needed to see some things I needed. First, I needed to see this truck jump, like it said it could do. So I needed to see that and I needed to see that it could do it consistently. So once I saw that the truck, the truck can jump, 
at the appropriate height consistently. It's been, that's when I started to prepare myself, getting myself in the airplane, understanding the chicane, the course and all that good stuff. And, and doing, I think we did, I think I did 240 passes at altitude simulating the, 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 the truck jump before I said, okay, truck it's time now it's time for you to come and jump over me as practice. Wow. wow. Man, that's nutty. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was a good experience, but I said, uh, I mean, as an aerobatic pilot, we don't, and then people call us stunt pilots, but we're not really stunt pilots. We're pilots. Um, we don't do stunts because a stunt is something that we don't know the outcome. We actually go practice and practice and practice and, and understand and know that this outcome is going to happen 100% of the time. And then, you know, then we do it in front of, you know, a crowd at an air show or, or in this case for the monster jam truck, you know, doing 240 passes ensured that, you know, that truck was going to hit me. I was going to hit the truck and, and whatnot. What got you into, uh, flying aerobatics like what was uh what was one of the main focuses that made you think like hey this is what something i want to pursue aviation wise not a lot of well, people was, do it so yeah i know it's, it's a very it's a niche sport i think we only have like maybe 300 aerobatic athletes out there maybe in the world um but you know when i was younger growing up um when i got when i got bit by the bug i wanted to be an air force pilot but my mom my dad was like no can't can't do that because I don't want you to go out there shooting people. I don't want you dying. And I was like, Oh, whatever. I was 12. I didn't really get it. I was really upset. Cause Top Gun came out. I was like, I want to be Maverick. I'm Maverick, man. I ain't going to find my goose, you know, let's go get this mission done. They weren't having it. They weren't having it at all. So then, you know, fast forward a few years later, then I got introduced to, you know, competition aerobatics. You know, I got, Mm -hmm. I got introduced to loops and roles and I was like, this is legal. You know, my instructor said, this is totally legal. You just got to do it at safe altitude. And this is, you have to wear a parachute and whatnot. And then from there, and I'm a, I'm a competitive by nature. So when I found out there was competition aerobatics, I was like, holy smokes, man, this is, and you can compete, you can compete in the nation. You can, there's world aerobatic competitions where you can go to the Czech Republic or somewhere in Europe or France and go compete out there. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, just, just the fact that, you know, competing against myself, which it is. I'm not really competing against anybody else. I'm competing against myself every day. So I'm, I'm working on my craft, getting better, um, being more precise when I'm in the air every single day. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, a, it's like one of those thrills, hunger type of things. So you want to keep yeah. on challenging yourself and do better. I feel like a training montage coming on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like going out there, practicing all his moves. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how, um, you know, I saw I got started with that competition back stuff. So now it's like I got I'm really blessed and lucky to have the support that I have with the sponsorships and stuff like that. Because I tell you right now, like I aforementioned to you earlier, um, flying airplanes is not cheap. Maintenance gas for sure is not cheap. So just, you know, be having those support systems around me to help me with those costs allows me to really, really intensely focus on my craft. I don't have to worry about, Oh, I don't have any gas money today. Fly airplanes. No, it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's, it's, I have conversations with myself. It's like, well, when does the sunset? Cause I want to fly all day. Right. Yeah. That's, the kind of, that's the kind of conversations I'm having. So this year, obviously COVID kind of put a wrench in everyone's plans. Mm. <laughs> everyone's mm-hmm. plans, uh, especially affected aviation in a big way. And that includes air shows and competitions. Yeah. So um, I assume you you and your career have been heavily affected by COVID and everything that it's uh, that it's done. 
Um, it's definitely affected us. I don't think we're done. I mean, there, there are pocket of pockets of air shows that are happening throughout America. Um, you know, but they, they had to be very creative on that, how they structured the air show moving forward. For instance, there's, I think there was one in New York, New York city. Um, there's one in Florida. There was one, I think Washington, but essentially what they're doing is, you know, they do a drive-in, like a drive-in air show. So oh. people drive in and they stay in the car and they watch the air show from the car. So um, that's how they kind of that's how they're kind of combating it right now. But I mean, ultimately, you know, people don't want to sit in the car and watch the air show. They want to get outside, get eat a hot dog, and feel, feel the fresh air, you know, beating against them. I mean, smell the and smell that fuel from the coming from the jets or from the airplanes. Um, but you know, we're, we're surviving. I mean, barely, but we're getting by. I think um, that well, I know when COVID is gone by next year sometime um i think we'll we'll get back to get, we'll, we'll go back to normal oh, oh, yeah, I, know. I cried a little bit when they canceled oshkosh this year i really wanted to go oh my this gosh. is my year and it ended um, up not being my year <laughs> yeah no totally yeah no i but I, you know but the thing about it is once we get back and going um oshkosh is gonna be sold out it's gonna be bananas everybody's gonna be so hungry to get out there and go camp and fly the airplanes in get that aviation camaraderie that we get from our fellow aviators you know hangar talk the whole nine there people are missing it right now so when once uh oshkosh is back and running it's gonna be bananas i'm gonna be there too yeah heck yeah can't wait to see there (laughs) and anthony i was reading out your profile and it was talking about uh like uh another business you have as far as doing tours and wine tours and stuff like that what other type of aircraft do you use for that or yeah so i have so i own three so i own a 1940 uh balanca it's a triple tail it's it's a old school retractable airplane um i don't i just use that as it's just an antique plane i I like classic stuff um but for the tours i use for the tours i use a uh cessna 170 uh a model built in 1940 it's pretty cool we got a i did the seats i read did the interior so it has a retro look to it um got put a, a bigger motor in there for more horsepower for yeah. those uh high da the high density altitude situations and stuff because i'm taking like three or four you know three or two passengers and whatnot so um i use that to do the tours and it's a nice slope flying plane you know flying over the yeah. vineyards really slow at 500 feet it's kind of pretty cool yeah man i was awesome. uh reading your profile and i was like man that's pretty that's pretty sick. I live in Temecula myself. And I was like, man, I need to, oh, I need to go oh, on one of your yes, tours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jose is quite the wine connoisseur. Let me oh, tell you. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, I, I, <laughs> yes, hey, I am. You know what? And it's funny because growing up, I didn't like wine. I thought wine was too bougie. You know, I like my Jameson, <laughs> my whiskey, you know, but yeah. like being doing these tours around, you know, I've been doing this tours. My business has been around since 2013. So I've been doing this for a while. So of, of course, you start to, you know, wine starts to grow on you. And it really opens your mind up. It's a good place to take a date too. It's just different. Yeah. It's different from going to a bar or a club or going. <laughs> it's like you're at a winery to go, yeah. and all you and you're we're here during the day to drink, and it's okay to drink at ten o'clock in the morning or twelve. I guess. <laughs> I think that's the best part. <laughs> I mean, what a pickup line! Hey, what's up, ladies? I'm a pilot, and I'm going to take you around all the wineries in Temecula. <laughs> you know what? I, I haven't I haven't used it. I haven't used that car yet, but I would love to use the car where I can like maybe hire a helicopter pilot like yourself and say, yeah. "Hey, I have a date. Just yeah. land us in the field somewhere. We just have like mm-hmm. a picnic 
blanket and just have wine all day. That that's, that would be epic. That would be pretty boss. Yeah, but then I wouldn't get to have any, and you know that would suck for me. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you what, though, I deeply regret the day Anthony took me around all of the <sighs> in Temecula. Lindsay and I were hurting the next day. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, have fun though. That was it was a good time. It but was a was, great time. That was painful. As, as pilots, that's as pilots, that's our issue. We're, we're, we're zero to a hundred real fast, you real know. Fast, fast. <laughs> so one of the things that you got to do this year, uh, speaking of going back to COVID and everything, Epic Fuels sent you on a crazy mission to fly all the way around the nation to hand out PPE to FBOs around the country. Yeah, the, the campaign was uh, uh, "Reach for the Sky, We've Got the Ground." Um, and that campaign was just to show the ground support crew, like, hey, guys, we care about you. We actually thank you for what you're doing, because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to be flying in the air. Because, you know, when we land, we need fuel. They're there to fill us up. Or if you come off a jet, they'll park you in the hangar for the night or whatever. So pretty much take care of you. Um, so when Epic Fuels first came to me about this effort, it was just going up and down California. And then the president came on board. and was like, mm, let's think a little bit bigger, guys. What about the nation? So it went from like, 300 nautical miles to 6,651 nautical miles or something ridiculous. So, um, I, I mean, I, of course I jumped on it, but then, you know, they wanted us to do it in 18 days. So 6,000 something miles in 18 days. Um, Dang. and that it, it, it was a challenge because, you know, as a pilot, what gets pilots in danger most of the time is they got to get, get their itis. Like I got to get there right now. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, I don't fall susceptible to that. So uh, I, I let them know that, okay, I can do this. We can do this. But if weather is along my track, we're down for the day. If, if I'm tired, we're done for the day. I'm only flying for four hours a day because I, I don't want to fly. I don't want to be flying for eight hours. I mean, I can, but I don't want to because it's, you got to think about the longevity. It's 18 days of flying. Yeah. If you're flying eight hours a day. With no catch up to yeah so you know it's all those those negotiation things that we talked about but you know um i i, I can say that we, we accomplished the mission we stopped by uh 44 stops 23 fbos and we handed out ppes like face masks a mug to say you know thank you and, and hand sanitizer and i think uh you know everybody's really excited and happy you know of course upon departure you know i give a nice High performance departure, so people can see the capabilities of the aircraft. I think they really like that too, as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they act like it, so I, I think I think they were. <laughs> I think they were happy. I don't know. They were like, take off, and you look down below. Like, do they look excited? <laughs> I, 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 I should have sent everybody a survey. Like, hey, how did you like the visit? No, you, you should have one of those like bumper stickers on the back of your of your airplane that says "How is my flying?" <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> call this, oh call really this cool. number. Call this number, and they'll be like, "Oh man, you know your flying was actually spectacular." You're flying. I saw, I saw you oh. drifting a bit. <laughs> right, drifting over oh, center. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so one thing that I did want to touch on, just um, everything that's been going on in America um, in regards to race, uh, you are a part of a very small percentage of black pilots in America. I know in my eight-year career, I've probably only personally met a handful of, of pilots of color. And uh, why do you think that is? I think... It starts from, there's a couple of things, right? So I think number one is, is education. I think like, you know, 
you know, when I go into these impoverished communities and, and show up in my airplane, people don't believe it. Even even the African-American communities are like, man, you're a pilot, this and that. And I think it's just education. They, they, they don't have those resources available to them. Um, I was fortunate enough when I was growing up, my dad, I'm being first-generation American, born in Austin, Texas. My dad took me to an airport when I was a little kid, and he had a friend who was in college that was getting his license and stuff. So we would sit there in the airport and watch the guy fly all day. So in some of these poverty communities, you don't have that. Like the suburbs of Chicago, like it's, it's pretty bad in those places. Um, so, so yeah, so number one is education. Uh, number two would be resources, I think. Just having, like, having resources, having like, like me or someone like me you know, that shows that show up in these communities and, and just spread the news, spread mm-hmm. the news. Like you could do this, um, that we don't have, we don't have that right now. And I'm trying to be that light, you know, I, as I'm, I'm always jumping when there's an opportunity where I can go speak to, to the kids in impoverished communities, um, and just inspire them and show them what, what, what is possible. Um, but it's amazing that people like, like someone like you, who's in the spotlight, who's accomplished so much, um, can be a hero to these kids and inspire um, younger generations to go after their dreams if that's something that they aspire to do. So that's um, that's absolutely awesome, man. that's awesome. I think it's just like I said, it's education because yeah, I've been through situations where you know people were a little racist, or, well, a lot racist. I won't say a little, a lot racist, and it's just it's just like I said, it goes back to education. How do you deal with that? Do you just quit? I mean, there's been many people in the industry that says that I'm not good for the industry, but of course they're not African-American or they're not ethnic. So you have to understand who's talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to understand why they're saying what they're saying. Cause maybe they were educated differently. Um, I was, I was fortunate enough where I have, you know, my parents are awesome, you know, born and raised in Africa. So they, they taught me what, what I needed to know. Um, and that's why I have a lot of confidence in myself. Um, and, and, and I think that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, um, again, I say education, if you're educated, you, cause people can't take, I mean, when my dad taught me when I was younger and it still stands, it still, it stays with me till today. He says, you know, education is the one thing that, that no one on this planet can take from you. And he's right. You read a book and I can take that, that, that from you, but you put knowledge in your head, you feed your, you feed your mind, your soul. Nobody can take that from you. Nobody can literally take intellect from you if you if you learn it and apply it and that's what i do that's good that you're like a, such a good role model man especially to like a lot of the kids and stuff like thank you yeah so yeah my respects thank you thank so you you go in and you you talk to uh kids in elementary school high school what age group do you or just everybody um i do i do everybody but i mean the big hits are the are of course k through 12 grade right uh, so for i went to this i was invited to go to be a key speaker keynote speaker at the nbaa Na- uh, national business aviation association they have it every year it's pretty big um and uh, i remember when they invited me down um I was, I was preparing only to talk to like a hundred people. Um, but I was shocked because, uh, there was about over 1100 people showed up. People bust down from Washington, DC, from Florida. I'm like, Holy smokes, man. So we had to get a big room to accommodate all these people. And I was able to, you know, like I said, inspire, do what I do and tell these kids, like, you know, just, you know, just look, look at me. You could, if, if I could do it, you could do it too. Well, you certainly have the gift of gab. Uh, I know that I wouldn't be able Thank to you. stand in front of 1,100 people and make a speech. I would just like 
get so <laughs> nervous and probably run off the stage and and sweat. But no, thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't start. It didn't, it didn't start that way. It started with like one just talking to one kid at the airport or, or in, 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 in the hood or somewhere, you know, where he's, you know, where they're from. And then it went from one to two to, to two to 10, to 10, a hundred. So yeah, it just took time, but thank you. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> of course. Just showering you with compliments today. Anthony. I'll take it all. <laughs> shower, 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 Are there any scholarships? Um, I haven't looked, but are there any scholarships for, ethnic background or like you know if you're african-american or any like um or flying or it's mainly there's yeah they are like i know obat obat is an an african-american organization aviation organization out there that have given out uh scholarships um so if they're giving out some i'm sure there's more like i'm sure like the tuskegee airmen they have i know they have like a like some type of fun you know fun where they give out scholarships to aspiring ethnic folks yeah it's out there oh for sure yeah i was just i was curious because i know aside from you're right about the education background of it but i always felt like the monetary aspect of it could also, also yeah. be a challenge yeah uh, oh yeah 100 percent. that's always a little bit harder you know on that aspect of things to kind yeah. of find the funding yeah yeah no yeah money was you know growing up for me i mean we didn't have a lot we didn't have anything at all so it was just being creative like what i went to by my first airplane, which was the Cessna 170A, I, I had to figure out how, to, how do I make this airplane pay me? And how do I pay the airplane off? And how do I get there? So I had to plan all this. Um, obviously, I had to get a job. I had to stop or I had to stop partying. I had to start you know, prioritizing what's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Things fell in place. I was able to save a lot of money, put a nice down payment, get a loan on the airplane, pay that loan off within you know a year. of Because when I get the airplane... I created a business model of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make some money. And, you know, things start to fall into place. So um, this is, you know, we don't have money. You have to be creative. Yeah, That's yeah. just how things are in life. Yeah, and even the, the military is always a route people can take. That's what I did. Um, yeah. To go to flight school. I got the GI Bill and was able to get all my flight school yeah. paid for. And so there's definitely yeah. different routes people, people can take. But that's definitely a really... Mm-hmm. Um, inspiring story to hear how you were able to set a goal and you know achieve it and work your ass off to get there and so I think seeing somebody like you who is able to accomplish their dreams and their goals and their mission that's that's pretty awesome thank you very much yeah I I mean I feel like uh I feel like there's so many more things I want to accomplish right so I'm just I just I just keep on going just keep on keeping on I guess that's the saying here (laughs) Did you have any any heroes growing up? So in aviation, um, I mean, my father, even though he's not, he's not a pilot or anything, but I mean, his quality, um, his attributes, how he attacks life, um, his outlook on life, that is essentially, you know, like I said before, is how I got by. And you know, he ultimately, he ultimately, he was my mentor. Even if it wasn't aviation, if, I mean, he, I, of course, I had questions within the realm of aviation. But he can use his life experience and answer the question. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. Um, it took a very long time for me to find a mentor in aviation because, of course, there's no African Americans, so nobody's ethnic, right? So it comes down to a few things like, you know, who can I trust? Who really sincerely has my back? Who's not going to get jealous of my success and actually wants to be? 
who's going to applaud when I, you know, when I win. So, you know, it was hard. It was really, it took me, I started competition airbags in 2010. It took me like nine years to find that mentor. And he's not, and he's not, he's not black. Yeah. Who was your, who was your mentor? Who, who did you find? Uh, a gentleman named Jeff Bourbon. And he's a, a competition aerobatic pilot? Yeah, he's pretty badass. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's an airshow pilot too. He flies the Yak 110. It's like the it's like two airplanes that connect it together with the with the afterburner underneath. What? Yeah. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of that. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to look that up right now. I it's know, right? pretty it's pretty sick. It's dope. Like he he could do a lot with that. It's called a Yak 110, Jeff Bourbon. Yeah. Yep, Yak 110. Mm-hmm. Oh dang man. Yeah, that thing looks sick. <laughs> yeah it's told you were there any last words of inspiration that you would like to say to the listeners anybody out there um, who's aspiring to be an aerobatic competition pilot what would you what would you say to them um i would say uh you know if, if this is if this is truly truly what you want prepare to be miserable and broke because it's going to be a lot of work but you know with you know with a lot of work and being broke, it's, it's a journey. And I think that, you know, one of, one of the things that people do is, you know, they, they can't wait to get to the end, but enjoy the journey because when the journey is done, you're done. It's done. For, for instance, if I want, you know, I want to be like, I want to go to the world and, and place first place, right? It's a struggle flying every day, whatever the case is, but I got to look at the struggle. Let's look at this journey because it's building me. It's building some really <clears throat> great qualities in me, right? It's teaching me determination, not, not giving up fortitude it's teach me how to set goals it's teaching me how to accept failures and get back up it's teaching me that fail is okay to fail because actually if i was perfect had no failures in my record i wouldn't be a good pilot i think a pilot a good pilot is someone who fails right you, you you work on your hammerheads or you fall out of a hammerhead like oh that sucked let me do it again let me make it perfect or let me work on a spin you mess that spin up let's make it perfect every time you fail on doing something you actually get better nobody told me that how to learn this. So for all those people out there that are on this journey um, and you, you may, may not fail, but uh, just keep, keep digging, keep pursuing, keep going because at the end of the day, when this journey's done, you, you want to be able to look back and say, yo, that was me. I did that. I, I made, through, I made it through there. And I'm here now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the path. And it sounds like yours was an amazing one. Yes. highs and lows and and failures and successes but definitely oh, yeah. fa- uh, failures are where all the growth happens that's that's where mm-hmm. we learn that's where we grow so embrace those that's really really good advice so thanks uh, yeah. yeah thank you for coming on the show this is yo so d awesome. th- thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for having me it was, it was great I, uh, you know anything for you and great meeting you down here sir um yeah you got it brother you that's all folks (laughs) okay that is all the time that we have for today you guys but i hope that uh, anthony was able to give you guys some that extra inspiration that you might have needed today and a huge shout out to anthony oceanuga for coming on the show uh super grateful for you man hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh hope you guys tune in for the next episode because it's a mind blower Go ahead, give us a follow, subscribe, give us a rating, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye.